Hi, I'm Amber, and welcome to the Lone Star Keto Podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us, Melody Viscariello, and she is a breast cancer survival survivor as well as a breast implant illness survivor, and she's here to bring awareness to this issue. Welcome, Melody. Thank you, Amber. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So Melody, let's start off first with you giving us a little bit of your background. I want to know some of the health issues you, you've dealt with and what do you do uh, for a job in normal days? Okay. So um, I started out as a young girl, helia fracturing my neck because someone told me to do a backbend and I happened to be on a hill and I went down the hill and I helia fractured my neck. Um, I was in a car accident in 1995. I had to have a disc removed. And at that time they used um, the bone from my hip to replace into my neck into the, for the disc. 2008, again, I had to have another neck operation while I was a dental assistant. I just fell to the floor in excruciating pain. They rushed me to the hospital and I had to have another operation emergency. That time they took cadaver bone. They did not use any bone on my body. I used cadaver bone for that disc. Um, 2007, I had my gallbladder out. Sorry, 2005, I had a breast reduction. So I had my daughter in 1991. I gained 80 pounds. So I had a lot of extra skin in 2005. It was weighing heavy on me. I think I was a double E. Uh, very heavy on my on my uh, shoulders because of my neck and everything. So we did a breast reduction. Uh, 2007 gallbladder. 2009, I had endometriosis. So I had what's called a uterine ablation. And I had my tubes tied at that time. Then um, I found out I had breast cancer in 2015. Uh, 2015, I had a breast reconstruction after they did the double mastectomy. Um, I had what's called DCIS in the right breast and um, carcinoma contained in the left breast. Dr. Ashley told me in the left breast there was no cancer and I just fought and fought and fought. Always remember to listen to your body. That's the most important thing because if I never listened to that, I might be dead with cancer because he kept telling me there's no cancer. I literally got a, um, a letter from the hospital saying there was no cancer in my left breast, but they wanted to put me under anesthesia for my right breast. And I kept saying, why don't you just take out this left? It didn't make any sense to me called my mother. She said, Melody, you know your body. I went in the office, screamed and yelled, just ranted and raved. They took the lump out. It took him one month to call me to tell me I saved my own life. He literally called me and said, you saved your own life. Wow, wow, but wow. at that time, I said, I'm going to have a double mastectomy. I'm not going to mess around. I did not have to have any chemo or any radiation because the left breast, it was contained in the capsule. So I don't know if you know anything about cancer, but when it's in a capsule, it's not in the lymph nodes and it has not ventured out into your body. In my right breast were cells that were going to become cancerous within my lifetime. So they kept saying, oh, well, they're gonna become cancerous. We don't know when. So we had an operation within two weeks. I had to have an operation of my double mastectomy. No questions asked, done, get them off have reconstruction and about 2000, went back to my work. I was a dental manager in Massachusetts. Um, I was a dental manager for about five years after the implants. And I, 
the, I'm going to explain this, but at this time I had no idea what was going on with me. Not until after I got my implants out and it started, I started a revelation like, oh my gosh, it started way back then. It was a year after I had my implants and I started to go back to work full time again. I was getting feelings like people were trying to kill me. People were putting stuff in my food. My, my brain just wasn't functioning properly. I couldn't focus sometimes. I was put on um, the drug Adderall for ADD in 2014 before my implants. So what I'm thinking now is any kind of drug that you're on when you have breast implant illness is going to give you different effects than what you should have. And meaning if I didn't have an, the um, Adderall in 2014, I would have never known the effects that it did for me. And that how worse it got when I was, when I had breast implant illness, we moved to Arizona in 2017. I continued to try to look for a job and I couldn't focus. And so the doctor put me again back on Adderall and I started to have those crazy thoughts again that people were following me, people were trying to kill me. And as soon as I got off the drug, I was fine. Um, but I was still, every year I was accumulating more and more pain. Finally to the point where I couldn't work. I, I, I could work a little bit, push myself a little bit part-time. So I tried to get on disability. I called the lawyer tried to get on disability. I thought, I thought it was my neck. I thought it was my dislocated disc in my lower back from the car accident in 1995. I thought maybe it was the breast cancer. I didn't know what it was. For three years, I tried to get on disability. The, my body just got worse and worse and worse. And finally, someone came up to me and said, I think you have breast implant illness. And I said, what is breast implant illness? And the only reason why this girl came up to me is my husband works in restaurants and he's that guy that walks around the tables just to make sure that you're happy with your meal and then talks to you about life and everything. And he always, a lot of people in Arizona, the very first thing they say to you when you move here is why did you move here? So my husband would say, well, my wife was very sick. Well, at first he'd be like, my wife is very sick. So they would literally grab his hands and pray for me. She's going to be fine. Show me a picture of her. We're going to pray for her. So many people in the restaurants, Hash Kitchen and Sicilian Butcher, prayed for me. I didn't even know them. So when I got better and I met these people, it was like amazing. It, they thought I was a miracle because when they saw me as sick as I was, people thought I was dying. I thought I was dying. I thought I had MS. I couldn't even stand on my feet for more than two, two and a half hours without getting excruciating pain. Now, I was diagnosed with bursitis in my hips back in, I think it was 2013 from my doctor back in Massachusetts. So I just thought it's gotta be my bursitis. It's gotta be the arthritis that runs through my body because it is hereditary. My father had her arthritis through his whole entire body. So these are the things that are going through my mind and then my brain fog came in. My brain fog got so bad that I couldn't even function. And when I tell you I couldn't function, sometimes I would wake up in the morning and not even know where I was. I would come in and out of it. I would have keys in my hand and my husband would be in the car waiting for me. And I'd be running around the house and just looking and looking and looking. And he would finally walk through the door and go, what are you looking for? I said, I'm looking for my keys. 
And he was so afraid to tell me they were in my hand because he didn't want me to get upset because I would cry. Mm. When he told me things like this, I would, I would look at my, and I would literally break down and cry. What is wrong with me? Am I dying? And I thought my husband was going to leave me. I thought my family was just going to make him divorce me because I couldn't work. I couldn't give any money to the, to, to our family at all. And my husband at the very end stopped saying, you got to get a job. You know, what are you doing? You're just not doing anything, not pushing yourself. And I thought, oh my God, I got to push myself. I got to push myself. And I would push myself into more pain because I would do dishes. I would do laundry. Yet I had no energy to do that. So I would just lay in my bed. Finally, at the very end, it just got to the point where I was like, Dominic, I can't do this. I don't know what's wrong with me. Would go to the doctors. Doctors call me hypochondriac. You, you, you don't, you know, you don't want to take the medications we want to put you on. I knew not to take the medications at that time because I realized that any medication that I started to take did not make me feel well. And I mean, did not make me feel well, if you know what I mean. I don't like to say the S word, but I literally was the S word at the very end. And the only thing that saved me was one of, one of, one of the things that my husband did. My husband would get me up every morning. My mom, my mom, thank, thank God, my mom did this when I was younger. She instilled, Melody, you never show people your pain. You always keep a smile on your face and you have a purpose in life and you will find it. And first, I want you to pick a profession where you can help people. So I picked dental assisting. I helped people. And then when I got into the car accidents and, and I had the operations, I had to stop that. And so I became a manager. And I, I worked as a manager and I helped people and people would come in just to get teeth pulled out, just to take get medication. And I would tell my doctor, we're not giving them medication anymore. They can take Motrin and Tylenol back to back. And that's going to, that's going to do just as good as a Percocet. And it did. And they loved me for it because now I got them off that strong medication because they believed me and they trusted me because I sat down with them for hours and talked to them. I was a manager. I could do that. People came in in pain. I would pull them in my office and say, do you need to talk? I was kind of like their psychiatrist, dental manager, and it, it was just the most amazing feeling. So when I couldn't even get to the point of helping people anymore, not even helping people, not remembering their names, not remembering anything they said to me. I would, I, we moved into a 55 and over community because my husband thought I would feel more comfortable with the older people that have dementia that can't remember people's names and they were sharper than I was. Do you know how depressing that was when you're talking to an 80 year old and she's telling you her whole life and you can't remember you was? You can't remember your life. And it's the scariest thing. And do you think I'm gonna tell my husband that? He's gonna put me in a home. He's gonna put me somewhere to make me think that I'm gonna get better. And he thinks he's helping me. But the way he helped me was got me up every morning this is how smart my husband is. Got me up every morning and he got me dressed and he, he, he got me to take a shower and said, put makeup on because I, he knew that when I felt, when I looked good, I felt better because that's what my mother instilled in me. She said, you never show yourself pain. You never show your pain because all it does is make people around you miserable and you were put on this earth to help people. You weren't put on this earth melody to hurt people. And you remember that. And she said that to me, gosh, every, I can't even remember how many times. And I thank my mother all the time. My husband got me out of bed. 
made me take a shower, put makeup on and made me drive him to work. And he made me drive him to work, even though he didn't know what I was going through. And I was so afraid to tell him. Sometimes I would drive him to work and sit in the parking lot. I would go in a different parking lot and just sit there until I knew that I could drive again because I didn't know where I was sometimes. I would put my GPS on. I was like a mile from home. And all I kept thinking is what is wrong with me? Do I, like my, my one of my uncles um, had a brain tumor. One of my cousins was just diagnosed with a brain tumor. So I'm thinking they're just not finding the tumors. What is wrong with me? But my husband knew that if I drove him to work and I took the car back, if I didn't come pick him up, I would have never done the S word because he knew that I would never leave that on him to feel guilty that it was his fault. So he knew the days, he kept telling me, Mel, I knew the days that you were going to be okay to drive. He goes, I didn't know what was wrong with me, but I did know that if you took me to work, there's no way you would do anything or think, think anything stupid because you would feel so bad that you didn't come pick me up and you would never do that. And he literally pretty much saved my life. The other day we were sitting with his family and I always tell my father-in-law, everything happens for a reason because I had a revelation. After I had my implants out, I found my purpose. I literally found my purpose and my whole life started coming together like a book of why I had to go through so much pain, why I had to work at this certain place, why I have to meet so many different people, why I would get into a job and just can't be there anymore. Just out of the blue, I just can't be here. I would get this pit in my stomach. I can't work here anymore. And my husband's family now realize that, wow, Melody was really, really sick. They're starting to see how sick I really was and how depressed I was because we would go to the grocery store. They would have to pick up everything. I couldn't pick, I was so weak. I couldn't even pick up a gallon of milk. And what breast implant illness does and I'm not a doctor, I will never become a doctor, and I'm not saying I am a doctor, but my views are your brain cannot regulate your pain. And I only feel this way because with everything I told you that's wrong with my body, and I still have that pain, it is not brought to a debilitating level anymore. I can walk. I can walk for four or five hours and not have any pain. I can sit. I can sit for an hour, two hours in the same place like I'm sitting right now and not have any pain in my back. Am I going to stand up and get sciatica but down my leg? Maybe. But before I would be like literally sitting in my seat, my husband would be like, let's go to dinner. Trying to put a smile on my face because my mom said you don't show your pain and just meeting people can't remember their names as soon as they walk away. And I'm thinking, how can I remember their names? And I'm thinking all this stuff in my head because I don't want to keep asking people, I'm sorry, what's your name? I'm sorry, how many kids did you say you have? I'm sorry, that conversation that you just told me is gone. Mm -hmm. And that's where it gets scary. And those are the girls that I need to help because those are the girls that husbands don't understand them. Doctors don't understand them. And they're just starting to under, doctors are just starting to understand this. There's another thing I want to touch on is a lot of women wonder why I have 100%, you know, um, just no more symptoms. 
I literally, when I get very, very sick, I do things. I test foods that I eat. I test different things. I noticed when we first moved to Arizona, we lived in Val Vista Lakes and I started to get inflammation and puffiness and I wasn't losing weight like I used to. All of a sudden on my phone, just like everything, just pops up bacon diet. I literally went on the bacon diet for a whole month. People <laughs> thought I was crazy. My mother-in-law thought, you're going to die. You're going to die. You, people are like, you ate bacon for a whole month? And I'm like, yeah. And I felt amazing. I lost 19 pounds of pure fat. I never felt so good. I had my implants in at the time. So mind over matter, when you do something new, your body's going to change and make you think that you feel like amazing. And then eventually your ailments are going to come back. But you know, that first month, you're just like, ah, you know, I feel so great. When we moved to Sun Lake a year later, and a lot of other things happened, I started to gain weight again, I started to gain a little bit of inflammation. But I noticed that when I started to gain the inflammation, I felt worse in my joints, I felt worse in my ligaments, I felt worse in my back, my neck, my shoulders, all my bones would crack. When I first moved to Arizona, I kept thinking, I need the humidity. I think I'm cracking a lot. I need the humidity. It must be that we're in a non-humid state. No, it was my breast implants. It was not, it had nothing to do with being in a non-human state because now I love it. And I feel amazing. Ever since I explanted, when I found my doctor, I said to him, I'm mostly carnivore. Yes, I bear off. I'm only human. I like my sugar and I like, but I know that when I feel real, real bad to go back on it and I can get into ketosis in about three days. So I don't worry about that. Is it good for your body? Probably not. So my mother-in-law, you know, you can't eat meat anymore. Have some pasta. So I'll eat a little bit of pasta. And then the next day I feel awful. I can't get out of bed. I can't, you know what I mean? So mostly I'm carnivore or a ketovore because ketovore, I like to eat my vegetables once in a great while. And I like a little bit of, you know, like a, a glass of wine here and there. <laughs> so it's really tough. But, and these women that just like, they're like, oh, well, you know, I eat vegetables and I eat this and I eat that. I'm like, just try it. I'm not even asking you to change and be a carnivore. But let me tell you, I didn't just try this once or twice or three times or four times. I've done this my whole entire life with implants and without implants. And I noticed when I had my implants, I couldn't lose the weight at the very end. It, I just kept gaining and gaining and gaining. And that's when I knew I said, I have a problem. And what happened was, I think I had a rupture, whether I had a rupture before I went to the imaging place, I don't know. They had to give me a mammogram. They couldn't give me an MI, MI mammogram because it was during COVID and they weren't, they weren't, you know, people, it was emergency people. I was not an emergency person. So I had an ultrasound, nothing showed in the ultrasound, but as soon as a couple of days went past after I did the mammogram, my breast was almost gone. So I knew that either I had a rupture and they squeezed silicone out. Fortunately, mine was capsulated. So when you have your breast implants in for a certain amount of time, your body um, puts what's called a biofilm. That's from actually from my doctor. It's medically called a biofilm. We as girls call it capsules. 
because it can be as thin as toilet paper, but thick, but thin, or a thicker capsule if you've had them in for a long time, or if your body is just a different type and just makes a thicker capsule. And like I always say to everybody I talk to, I really believe no matter what we put in our chest, whether it was cardboard or anything, our bodies would still react the same way. Can it be the silicone? It can be. But why don't, why doesn't it happen to everybody? Why does, why do people have to wait 20, 30 years sometimes to get, to get, um, to get the, and I'll tell you why some of them do. It's because they tell you, they told me, my doctor told me, I was so afraid to put implants in. And I said, are they safe? And he said, Melody, if you have them removed and replaced every five to 10 years, you'll be fine. So when you have them removed five years, okay, they cut you the same. So say you have augmentation, augmentation, you have no scars right here. They just cut the bottom of your breast and no one can see the, the, the scar. So they go back in there and they cut the scar and they pull the implant out. The capsule is still left in there. So that is bacteria, that's scar tissue. What do you think is gonna happen with that when they put the implant back in? They're not getting it perfectly into that capsule. They're not closing that capsule. That capsule is open. They might get it still in the capsule and that's what's happening. That's what I'm finding in my research that's happening. And there's mm. doctors out there that are proving that this is happening. And they're saying, if you don't get your capsules out, if you don't have an end block, which is removing everything. I happen to be a different story. I have bones and skin. But my doctor, Dr. Rama, Raman Mahaber, he told me to go on meat. He said, go back on meat, Mel. He goes, you'll heal unbelievable and you will feel amazing. He goes, but be careful. And I never asked him why. So he said, be careful. So I don't know. I don't know why he said, be careful. So that's something I have to ask him. I think because maybe he didn't know I was um, an expert at being on carnivore. And I know, I know what my body needs when I'm on carnivore. Like, you know, you eat when you're hungry, you drink when you're thirsty. Sometimes you can go two days without drinking. Well, I think the problem is honestly with a, a lot of people, it, it, doctors, I've found this to be true, is that they think that like keto and carnivore are good for certain things for certain periods of time, that it should not be a quote lifestyle. So right. that's probably because my doctor told me the exact same thing. It's up for about keto. He was really excited that I had lost so much weight and that, you know, my blood pressure, my, you know, my blood sugar, everything. It was just great. And so he was super happy about that. And he told me to continue it, but be careful. You don't want to be on it too long. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. I, let, let me, um, let, can we go back a little bit before, cause I, I have some questions I want to specifically ask of some things okay. that you, you have mentioned, but I want to go back a little bit because I'm not fully sure that people can appreciate how debilitating the lack of memory, it, okay. you know, affected you. Okay. You told me before we started that there were periods where you didn't even know who your husband was. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Cause that to me would be like the ultimate and just, you know, horror, not knowing. Well, 
so thinking that you something's wrong with you and I always thought I have dementia I mean I either have slow and I kept calling my mother does dementia run in her family and she said no brain tumors do but they could not find a brain tumor I had all kinds of tests nothing Mm -hmm. so she's like Mel you don't have a brain tumor I'm like mom why am I forgetting things everybody forgets things you're getting older but to tell my mother that I couldn't remember my husband I couldn't do it I couldn't tell anybody. I was too afraid myself. I kept thinking that I'm just going to die one day. I'm just, my husband is going to turn over and I'm going to be dead in the bed. Cause you hear about people doing that. So it was very scary. I would wake up and I would get out of bed and he would be in the shower. I would go and brush my teeth and he would come out of the shower and I would turn around and I would just look at him and I wanted to tell him, but I, I didn't know how, and I'm, I, I'm not a very good fabricator. I don't like white lying. I never lie. And I, I, I didn't know what to do. So I would just go into the kitchen and I would just make food for him because that's what I did. I, I took care of him. And when I stopped taking care of him, that's when he would start to worry. So I just went through my day and then eventually it would come back. So, but I'll tell you the revelations that I've had, and I can tell you a story about Macy's. I drove my husband to work one morning. I got in the car and didn't know where I was. And I thought, oh my gosh, I don't know where I am. I can't sit in the parking lot of my husband's work because now he's going to know how bad I am. And I, I started to shake and I, I, I turned around and I saw this is unbelievable because when you when you're at Sicilian Butcher and you turn around in your car, you can't see the Macy's sign. I turned around and I saw the Macy's sign. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna go to Macy's. You can't see the Macy's sign. I even go there today and turn around. I'm like, why did I see the Macy's sign? I worked at Macy's when I was 18. I worked at Estee Lauder when I was 18. Okay, so that's gonna come back into, into Revelation. Went to Macy's don't know why I'm there walking around like a zombie. Like they must, people must've been looking at me like, what is wrong with this girl? Walking around, all of a sudden I end up at Estee Lauder. This angel, this angel came to me and she could tell that something was wrong with me. She was just amazing. She still is. Her name's Bianca. She worked at the Estee Lauder counter and she took me and she said, you know what I want to do for you today? I want to put makeup on you today because I can see that you're sad. And she sat me down in the chair. And when I kind of figured out where I was, I knew I was in a store. I didn't know where I was because my brain was just like a mess. But the more I think about it, this had to happen to me because I had to have the worst happen to me so I could get this passion and this purpose. So she's putting my makeup on and she says, are you sick? And I said, yeah, the doctor uh, said that I have fibromyalgia. My mom has fibromyalgia. That's what she said to me. She goes, oh, but she works so hard and she pushes herself. I wish she would just stop working and just relax and just enjoy her life. She's just so miserable because she's in so much pain, but she loves the karate. She loves teaching the kids karate and this and that. At the end, I started to cry. And she said, what is wrong with you? Are you okay? And I said, I, please don't put me in a home. Please don't put me in a home. And I just remembered all this by talking to her the other day when I went to Scottsdale because she was relocated from Chandler to Scottsdale. 
And I just went over all this with her because I remembered some of it, but I didn't remember a lot of it. And she told me the whole story. And I said to her, you saved me. Do you know when I got to Macy's that day, I didn't know where I was. All I remember is seeing the sign Macy's. I had to go through a lot to get where I am. I had to go through a lot of pain, a lot of hard, hard, hard times, a lot of heartache, a lot of losing friends. I didn't know why. It was like I thought the universe just picked them up and took them out of my life because they just weren't good people. Am I uh, what's what's that? What's that word when they say that you're special and you can't have a lot of negative people around you? There's a word for it. Are you talking uh, about empath? empath people think I'm empath I don't think I'm empath I think I just have this heart that that just has been growing and growing and growing and I didn't know how to use it properly and now I know I know how to use it so and I, 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 I understand that I do it's, it's like it, it's people's emotions really affect me like majorly affect me to the point where it's like sometimes I can't be around certain things because it's too overwhelming so, mm-hmm. it, you know, you kind of wonder, hmm. Oh, I can tell you stories, girl. We don't have time, but. Yeah, matter of fact, stories. I want to get to uh, some important things. So I want to ask those before uh, we get too far. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the symptoms of breast implant illness. Can you go through some of the things that people notice and to look for? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there now going, oh no, what if my implants are causing me issues? So give us some, an idea. Okay, so um, a lot of the symptoms are joint pain, muscle aches, hair loss, brain fog. A lot of people get rashes. There was a woman that said that she had a uh, rash, rash under her breast. I thought it looked like a heat rash, but there's a lot of people that get the, the rashes. My doctor said if you're allergic to nickel, that you could have more worse symptoms than the people that aren't allergic to nickel. So um, there's, um, gosh, there's just so many. Hair loss is one of the big, one a pretty big one where you're having chunks of hair taken out. There's uh, depression, anxiety, um, sleeplessness, libido, low libido is a huge one. I'm pretty much just getting that back. Thank goodness. I thought it was from the hysterectomy, but obviously it could have been. That's the thing. I had a hysterectomy in 2019. So I'm like, chalk it up to that. I mean, everything that was happening to me. So all these girls that have are going through the change they're probably saying, well, the doctor's saying that's normal. That's all normal for me. It's not normal. It's not normal to bring it to a debilitating state. And I really wish there were doctors out there that would actually look into that because a lot of people are having symptoms and get to a debilitating state. And then most of the girls have explant and they still have the same problems, but it's not debilitating. And I think that's where we all have to look into things. There's just so many different symptoms. I only pretty much remember the ones that I went through because I I read about them. But like I said, if you don't go through them, it's hard to remember them. But they say that mostly anxiety, depression gets really, really bad where you just don't want to be on the earth anymore. And I've talked to so many girls on my line that tell me that they felt the same way. And the doctor just keeps putting them on medication. I refuse to be on medication and the doctors kept yelling at me, but that's what you have to do. You have to refuse and just say, you know what? 
I got to figure this out on my own. And um, there's, yeah, there's about 49 symptoms, but a lot of them are also um, symptoms that they're not really sure of. They do say that you can get cancer. I don't know what implants that was for. A lot of this came out after the Allergan um, um, lawsuit because the Allergan um, implants were rupturing. So that's when they really started looking into everything. Um, and then I found out from the doctor, my doctor, Dr. Raman, Rama, Raman Mahabir, sorry. Um, I found out that he was working with the FDA to actually get some codes so insurance could pay for this because the, re the reason why insurance wasn't paying is because there were no valid codes to put in for a medical and you have to have valid codes. So I know they were working together with the FDA and, so yeah, it's been, it's, it's been crazy, but there's a, there's, there's a lot more symptoms. Um, I could look them up for you. Oh, that's all right. A lot of them. Okay. So, so let's say somebody has done some research after watching this and they, they see that, Oh, I have this, 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 and this, Oh my goodness. What do they do now? So what do they do? They research, they look up BI illness, they go on the websites, the Facebook websites, there's a really great one um, that's public, I wouldn't go on the private ones unless you really want to, the private ones are pretty much just girls, I, I, I don't believe in doing this private, I believe in making awareness to this, and these girls are hiding for a reason, and they won't come out, and I don't, mm. I'm not saying I don't believe them, I'm not saying that I just, some of them I don't trust, because I'm thinking they just going on the web, because they want a lawsuit, um, and that's what a lot of the girls are doing, they're trying to sue their doctors, they're trying to sue the companies, I don't believe in that, I believe that we put them in our bodies, are they ruptured because of faultiness? I don't know. That would have come out a long, a long time ago. I really don't believe that in my heart. I really believe it's our body rejecting them. And the reason why some of people are getting some of the problems is the way they eat. I don't, I, I just have to say whatever I did really helped me. And I just gauged my body of the way I felt. And, and I just did what I felt was, I was right. And that, I, that's pretty much all I can say. I can't really tell people what to do. I can just tell you to research it. Definitely research it. Um, you know, a lot of people that didn't even have symptoms that took their implants out said their neck felt better, their back felt better. You have to remember that when they take the implants out, most of them are adhered to the ribs. And when they have to take them from your ribs now, you know, you're going to have rib problems. So if you just have them put in, and you want to wait till you have symptoms, then you have to do what you want to do. I can't tell you what to do. No one can tell you what to do. We can only give you the tools that we have ourselves to make the proper decision. There's someone in my family, a very young girl that just got implants. And I, I wanted to throw up when she told me. I just could not believe it. I was just like, you knew I was sick. But no one knew that I had breast implant illness because my mother-in-law didn't tell any of the family. She just got them a year ago. So I just want to tell her if you feel like, I think the thinning hair is a big thing. I remember how thick my hair got when I came to Arizona and how thin it was back at home. And it was right after, wait a minute, it was when I had cancer. 
So it was right after I had my implants put in actually. And I noticed my hair was getting thin and I just thought I was just, you know, getting older and my hair was thinning, but now it's like thick and beautiful and like long. It's like down to the middle of my back, which I've never had it grow that, that long. And I just feel, I mean, I feel amazing. I have so much energy. Is there days that I don't have energy? Yeah, I'm human. <laughs> I'm not going to be perfect. Okay. Now you talk about explant. Yes. Can you kind of just talk a little bit about that for somebody who's never heard that term? Exactly. Sure. What does that mean? Okay. So explant is actually removing your implants. Um, is it from any place in your body that I don't know. I know it is from your chest, but if you think about it, you can get implants anywhere. You can get them in your, in your, in your butt, you can get them. So is it removable of that? I think basically it's just explanting breast implants because whoever came up with BI illness, breast implant illness, I don't know. Um, when I was told, they said, you need to explant, you need to explant. So I don't know if it's in the dictionary I actually trademarked just explant. Um, don't ask me how it just came to me in the middle of the night, just like everything else. It was very strange, but, and I didn't even know why I was doing it. Like I, I had a revelation. I woke up in the morning and I said, I have to, I have to get a trademark just explant. And my husband said, why? I don't know why I will come in later on. I don't know why. And so that's how much, pretty much my life's been. It's been like a whirlwind. I just wake up and I'm like, I got to do this. And my husband's like, what do you, what do you got to do now? But it always comes out that there's a reason. And um, just explant trademark, I think is really important because just explant, just get them out. You don't need to have a reason. Why would you wait? The doctor's going to tell you, get them out between five and 10 years and get them replaced. So you're either going to get them out at that time and never put them back in, or you're going to get them replaced and you're still going to be sick, or you're going to become sick if you weren't sick. There's so many studies that are going to be coming and coming about on all of this. And if you go on those Facebook pages, those private if you want to, and the public pages, the Facebook groups, read everything these women are going through. They're not making it up. They're not, they, they, they're not wasting their time. They have the time because they're bed stricken and they're reaching out to people that can help them. They're the ones that want to watch this. They're the, one, the ones that want to say, what can I do? You know what you can do? Anybody that you know that has breast implants, go up to them and just say, I don't know if you have any of these symptoms, but if you feel that they could be related to other things in your life, make sure that they're not. Make sure that you're not sick from breast implant illness because you have a high percentage. At the time in September 28th, when I had my explant, my doctor told me I have 70% chance of getting rid of all my symptoms because I was not diagnosed with actual disease. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And you know what? I'm a hundred percent symptom free. Wow. That is crazy. Okay. So I, I want to ask you this. Okay. So you had a double mastectomy. So yes. your breasts were removed. Yes. Then you had reconstructive surgery and that's when you had the implants in. Yes. Then you had an explant where they removed the implants, what all did they do? Because I'm assuming with the mastectomy, 
everything was gone anyway, pretty much. You didn't have the fat tissue, you didn't have any of that. So they had to use the implants to really give the volume, right? Um, right. I, I, I've never really watched any of this, so I'm yeah, not exactly so sure. What they, but wh- where are you at now? Like, uh, I'm assuming, do, do you wear a, a prosthetic in, in your bra, whatever they call them, anything like that? Um, no. Okay, th- tell me about all that. Um, when I had my double mastectomy, they put stretchers in, then they put, um, so when I, when you, when you're in surgery, this is when they do this all, they put the stretchers in, they put the bag in. And then after surgery, two weeks later, you go to the plastic surgeon and they stick a needle in to fill the bag. And so every two weeks you go and the bag gets fuller because your body has to get used to it. They filled them to the size that they wanted to in two weeks. You, you just, it would be, it would probably the most painful thing I've ever gone through. So every two weeks, they would fill them and fill them and fill them. And the biggest thing is when you have cancer, the last thing you want to do is lose an appendage. You don't. And so even though I asked my doctor, was this safe? I knew it wasn't safe because I knew in my head, it can't be safe. Silicone, anything in your body or anything in your chest after having all those nerve endings cut and everything. But we're finding that the augmentation girls save they have their breast tissue because they literally just got a little cut underneath. They got the breast implant put in, they got it filled up, they got it stitched up. And so when they get it taken out, they still have their breast tissue. So they still have breasts. Mm-hmm. I do not, I have bones and skin, okay. um, which I'm very happy about because how could I tell my story if I had, if I didn't, I, I couldn't, you, you wouldn't, not that you wouldn't listen to me, but you see how empowered I am not having any breasts. If you told me that years ago, I would have never believed you. I am a super vain person. I used to have to wear makeup anytime I went out. When I was sick, I, I didn't. So I got used to just being myself, which I think it changed me. And I really liked the way it changed me because I wasn't worried about looking good. I was more worried about helping people and letting people see you know, I may not tell you I'm sick, but look how sick I am because I'm not allowed to tell you because I'm not allowed to talk about it. Cause my mom always told me, don't make people around you miserable. And so people would always ask me, are you okay? And my mom said, as long as people ask you, you can talk. So it was almost like it was instilled in me unless people asked me if you were okay. So I was hoping people would ask me, but I still had a smile on my face. Never really knew. And a lot of people I knew you were sick. I knew something was really wrong with you. But I mean, I would go to the clubhouse and watch 80, 90 year old people up on the dance floor. Oh my gosh, they were amazing. They were just dancing and having a good time. And I'm sitting in a bar stool wondering why am I alive? What, why am I here? I can't sing anymore because I can't remember the words, even the words that were on the screen. I, I, I have a karaoke machine, even the words on the screen after a while, I couldn't even read them. It was, it was the most debilitating, awful thing that anybody could go through. And this is why I had to do something because I feel every single woman out there that's going through this. I've been through it. I've been on that couch. I've watched a show and said, I don't remember what I watched. I remember watching Nikita. I love Nikita. Did you ever see the movie Nikita? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nikita was a great movie. I watched the movie. So it wasn't a movie. It was seasons. 
I watched, my husband and I watched them throughout. I think it took a couple months, whatever. Friends of ours came to live with us. I wanted to watch it again. I couldn't remember it. Not one thing. My husband's like, you're watching it again. I'm like, I don't remember anything of it. I remember the girls' pretty faces and how they were doing really bad things with guns and everything, but I didn't remember anything. And that scared the heck out of me because you really think that you're dying. And when I talk to girls on the phone and they say, Melody, I feel like I'm dying. I get it. I felt that way. I really did. And this is why I had to start this nonprofit. I might be the only one that's been, that, that's doing this because I don't, my nonprofit's going to be a little different. I'm going to have a live gift giving ceremony live so you can actually see where your money's going. So if anybody wants to donate $50, even $10, you can actually see my $10 went to this one particular girl and this is going to help her get her life back. How much rewarding can a nonprofit be? Not, I mean, all these nonprofits that are becoming fraudulent and they're really looking into them because they have all these stocks and they're being paid this. I wanted to make sure that I was the only member and it might be wrong and it might not, not even be able to be legal. I might not be able to get my 501c3 to get all those companies, but you know what? Eventually I will raise enough money because I will have charity events. I can still have charity events. I just can't have the people that want the non-deductible at the end of the year. But you know what? My heart will reach out to those people and I will find a way to help every, every girl that's going through this because I, I survived this disease for a reason and I survived it to help everybody. I, I so totally understand your sentiment behind that. I do, because especially like when you've gone through so much, you're like, okay, so everything I went through has a purpose. And if I wouldn't have gone through what I did, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And I wouldn't be able to have the empathy or the experience to be able to talk to people who are in the same situation. So I totally get that. And I feel your passion. Definitely. So, okay. When we were talking about the fact that you don't have breasts and let's face it, this is a visual world. Have Mm -hmm. you had anybody actually come up to you and say anything or stare at you or anything like that? And it seems like you're pretty cool with everything right now, but was that ever hard for you? Um, So I go out hoping people will stare at me because every time I go out, I wear one of my t-shirts. So I want them to stare at me because that's the only way you're going to get awareness out is if they stare at me, I go over to them and I say, would you like to know my story? And most of them say yes. Or they're like, no, I just want to know what, what that means, B.I. illness. And then I, I tell them a little bit. I, I try not to bore them because a lot of people, in my husband, even my husband's getting to that point where he's like, Mel, we're out in public. You don't have to talk to everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Because you know what? You stop talking to people, the awareness goes away and no one gets helped. So I do. And, and I know everybody that I hang out with is saying, oh, she's wearing another T-shirt again. So it's, it's hard for me to because I don't want to upset people around me. But I know what my purpose is. And I know how many people I save by just wearing these T-shirts. And it could be that I have bones and skin. It, maybe the people that have breast tissue, they're not going to have the same reaction. Maybe it's my, my openness when I, when I walk or, and I talk to people and I'm confident they come up to me because they know that I'm not sad and I'm not scared. 
And I do have a lot of confidence because I have to, because I have to get this awareness out to help people. And if I'm not confident in who I am, no one's going to come up to me and ask me questions. No one's going to ask for my card. No one's going to want to donate. No one's going to want to do anything. Yeah. One thing I wanted to touch on real quick is I read somewhere where you talked about how some of the symptoms of the breast implant illness can mimic Hashimoto's. Yes. Talk a little bit about that because I think so that's very I, interesting. So I'm, I'm going to tell you, I don't even know what Hashimoto's is. I've only read that some of the girls have been diagnosed with Hashimoto's and most of them that get their implants taken out don't have it anymore. Like I said, I don't research the, the diseases because I wasn't given one. So I don't want to get technical with the diseases because if my brain starts to kind of go mushy mush and I say the wrong thing, I don't ever want that to happen. So I am the person that researches people talking to me, not the actual diseases. What I went through, absolutely, I can tell you 1000%. I don't know what Hashimoto's is. I know there was a girl on the website the other day that said, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's and now I don't have it. And I had my implants removed a year ago. If somebody did need their implants out and it was a issue from the implants, who is financially responsible? I mean, is that something that you have to fit the bill for? Or is this something that the wherever you got the implants from have needs to cover? I mean, how, how does that work out? So it depends on your doctor. I've been told that I could have gone back to Massachusetts to my plastic surgeon and he would have removed them and replaced them for nothing. And that's another problem we're having is the doctors want to replace them. They want to say, oh, you're sick because you've had them in for 10 to 15 years. We'll just replace them. A lot of the insurance companies, if you've had cancer and had reconstruction, they will pay for you to have them removed. Um, a lot of doctors that you go to um, that like in Arizona, uh, there's this one doctor that will just remove them for like an, a, a really short fee, but he won't do the end block. And we're finding that the end block is removing the capsule and everything in it is really the most important part because if they leave that bacteria in there, the women are still getting sick. So um, please do your research. Why, why would they leave that in there? I, I, I'm not understanding the reasoning. So the girls that have augmentation do not want a bigger scar and you have to have a bigger scar in order to get the capsule out properly. Oh, okay. So with me, I already had the scar I had from here to here and um, I had no problem, but the girls that put the implants in that might have low self-esteem, they don't want that scar. They want to be able to wear a bathing suit top. They want to be able to wear a low cut dress still. I can't, I have scars here and here all the way to here. Um, but I'll tell you one thing, my whole life, I've always had back fat. I've always had a big back and I've always had back fat. My whole life, I've always, I always said, if I could just get rid of my back fat, if I could get rid of my back fat. My husband tells me every day, your back fat's gone, you know. 
because the doctor had to tighten me up so much and give me liposuction because I had um, silicone. I had some silicone, obviously, running through me. And I asked him to do the liposuction over here. So I literally have a pretty, pretty, pretty straight back. So nice. I always think of the positives in everything. I think that's really important for us to even live through life is always think Mm -hmm. of the positives. Negative is always going to creep in, but get back to that point of thinking positive, especially when you're sick, because I'll tell you by the end, I was contemplating the S word. I didn't have a plan. So I knew it wasn't dangerous because I remember my daughter saying when someone has a plan, it's dangerous. So I think if I ever had a plan, I would have gotten up the guts to tell someone what was really going on. Um, but I, my husband pretty much knew. He said, I, I, I pretty much knew. And, and that's why I tried to get you out of the house all the time, even though mm-hmm. you just you know you were like a shell of a person. There was a, there was a guy that said, I want to buy my wife or girlfriend, I can't remember, implants. What do you guys think? And all I said, I said, if you want a shell of a woman, the woman that you thought you married that you could never get back, that lost her love for people, lost her love for life, lost her love for all the hobbies that she had, including singing and dancing because she just is so much pain that she just can't breathe. If you want that as your wife, fire implants, but she will become that shell of a person eventually because it's inevitable. And people say, I've had my implants for 30 years. I guarantee if I talk to you on the phone and you went through all your ailments over those 30 years, those are from your implants. I'd almost bet mm. my life on it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I was wondering what people would think about that statement that you made that basically eventually you will have issues with the implants and you do have these people who have had them for a long time and they think they're the greatest thing ever, but yeah. If it outweighs the look. So they're looking at the look of their body so that a lot of them have low self-esteem. I'm sorry, women, if you're watching this, I don't mean to put you down, but, but pretty much a lot of you do. And my girlfriend, she's had three sets of implants put in. One of them ruptured, I believe. One of them, she found a nodule. I can't even remember because I try to blank out the negative when people tell me, you know, that what they've done, my, the negative kind of just goes somewhere. So I don't really listen properly. And that's why I thought I wasn't sick. I'm like my negative, my negative um, intuition is just coming in and I'm just not listening to them. But people were just telling me what their kids' names were. They weren't telling me a, a story, a negative story. I, I, I can't watch the news. I can't get all negative. So she still continues to tell me it's from the cancer. I had breast cancer. I had breast cancer too. Yeah, but I had chemo. Well, I had a girlfriend that had chemo and she didn't have breast implants and she's, you know, and, and she just keeps saying it's, it's from this, it's from that. Well, she promised me the next time she has a problem. Well, she had a problem. She, they found another nodular. It's, it's not cancerous, but she's miserable. Like I talked to her and she's only happy some of the time. I'm like, all you have to do is take it, but she won't. She keeps, she got them bigger this time and I can't, I having to say I can't tell people what to do I can't I can only give them the tools the tools to do the right thing themselves 
and, and I have like reality stop stop especially when I'm when I'm um that's why I talk when I write because I'll if I fix it I'll be like oh I can't say that but when I talk from my heart I tell them I can't tell you what to do I can only give you my story and other people's stories on my website and give you videos and and everything just have make your own decision yeah. So what would you tell somebody who has had a, a double mastectomy and they're very self-conscious about it and they're very unhappy? So and they th- can do what's called D-I-E-P now. My doctor actually asked me in a year, if I would like to have some breast tissue, we can do D-I-E-P. And I only know this because the doctor told me about it. So I researched it. And okay. what it is, they use flaps of skin from your stomach and they build your brain. Okay. And I'm glad you brought this up, Amber, because my mother-in-law just found out that she has to have a double mastectomy. And I was actually on the video listening to her while she was in with, with uh, my father-in-law and the doctor. And she said, would the doctor said to my mother-in-law, would you like to do reconstruction? And my mother-in-law said, oh no, my daughter-in-law just had breast implant illness. Doctor skipped right over that. Didn't ask any questions, didn't, oh, well, we do have a new procedure. She said, it's called the Goldilocks. And my mother-in-law said, oh, well, what is that? It's when you can keep your nipple. Now I couldn't keep any of my nipple because my breast cancer was in my nipple on the, on the oh. left hand So I couldn't keep my nipple. A lot of people, they can keep their nipples that had breast cancer and had a double mastectomy. They can keep the nipples. I couldn't. What do they do with them? Um, They leave them there. They just reapply them and leave them there. And just just in case you want to get the fat transfer, I guess, and you have the normal looking breasts without, you know, without the nipples, they're Mm. kind of scary looking. Interesting. But so they said my mother-in-law could do this procedure. It's called the Goldilocks. And because she can keep her nipples, she has her breast and they have a W, they make a W incision and that's how they open you up. And then they take out all the cancer. I can't even fathom how this is done because isn't the cancer in the cell, like, cause the cancer was in the cells with me this. So it's really hard for me to understand. And I wasn't able to ask any questions. I could only listen. And they take all of, all the cancer out. And one of her modules it has come through. They don't know if it's in her lymph nodes yet or has, has spread too much, but they'll know once they open her up more. And basically they sew her up and she'll have a smaller boob. She'll, she'll have breast tissue. They will keep breast tissue in there. Okay. Um, I don't know if all people can do that. I don't know if, if just because she was a certain candidate, but that might be something that you can look into too. It's called the Goldilocks. It's brand new. Um, I don't know, but what I know about the that one I that you know. mentioned the D E or whatever that is. D-I-E-P. Yeah. That is, is that? Um, so my doctor told me in a year, Melody, if you decide that you want to have breasts, I can give you what's called a tummy tuck. I take flaps of skin. And I take fat from all over your body. It doesn't, you don't have to be a certain weight. Cause I, I was told when I wanted to do that back when I had my double mastectomy, the doctor told me, oh no, you'd have to gain 40 pounds. That's not true. Was it true back then? I don't know. It's not true now. They can get fat from everywhere in your body, your arms, your legs, everywhere, your stomach, your butt, everywhere, your thighs. 
So he told me that if in a year I wanted to do that, that he would do that for me. And I looked at him and I said, what kind of nonprofit uh, runner would I be if I had boobs, I had breasts, even if it was just my own breast tissue, I, I just would not feel like I accomplished anything by, by adding, I want, I don't only want people to be aware of breast implant illness. I want to help people with their self-confidence too. I want them to know God made us the way that, that he made us for a reason. He didn't make us with bigger boobs because guess what? Our bones probably couldn't handle them with our little frames. So when we put the bigger breasts on, our frames are deteriorating. Is it from the implants? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Is it from the heaviness of the implants? Probably because my, my neck and my shoulders bothered me so much when I had, um, before I had my breast reduction. And then when I had my breast reduction, it, they felt better. And then when I had my implants, I had a lot more neck problems and a lot more shoulders and bone problems. So I want to help people with self-esteem too. I thought about starting something with that instead of the nonprofit. And I thought, you know what? That's not my purpose. My purpose is awareness because I can explain to people what I went through. I went through so much. I have stories after stories after stories. Everybody's like, write a book. I'm not smart enough to write a book, but I am smart enough to tell you my story and tell you how much I care about you. Okay, before we go, let's talk a little bit about your nonprofit. Explain a little bit more about what is your plan? What is your, you know, what, what you see in the future, where you wanna be? and how people can find you. Okay, so I started a nonprofit. It's called Just Explant, E-X-P-L-A-N-T.com. And it's a GoDaddy website. It's a very small website. Um, I took it over myself because I wanted to learn how to do a website, put a lot more stress on myself like I always do. And mm -hmm. I crafted 17 different designs of t-shirts that when people look at them, if they don't know what breast implant illness is, they'll ask, hopefully, in hopes for people to spread awareness. Um, one of them is this one, basically. Can you read that? Yes. When I lost my so, head, here I lies sanity. So when I lost my head, I literally felt like I was dead. So when people go on the website and they see that, they're like, oh my God, my brain fog was the worst. I'm going to get that one to show people. But the problem I'm having, and I'm not going to lie because I, I don't, is not a lot of people are purchasing because they don't want to tell people they were sick. Mm. They don't want to tell people. So there's only a few People that have tried to purchase a t-shirt I don't are they wearing them are they just want to donate I would rather you wear the t-shirt I would rather give you the t-shirt <laughs> for nothing and wear the t-shirt spread awareness than make money for the girls because spreading awareness is going to help the girls it's going to help the doctors do more tests and do more I mean, it's going to help a lot of things. When you talk to someone and they say, I don't know what BI is, that breaks my heart. No one, not a lot of people know what breast implant illness is. But I'll tell you, 
when I go in, out in public, I talk to at least three or four people. And I save, I want to say about two or three a day when I wear my shirts, because they're not only associated with the people that had breast implants, but some of them are just associated with um, breast implant illness. And I have 17 different designs. They're $25 on the website, justxplant.com. And I have a lot of other stories on there too that are interesting. Um, like the ode to my body when I found out that I had breast implants and I wrote a poem to my body saying that I promise that I'll do something really great with my brain if you just give it back to me. And um, some videos that when I, when I explanted, I figured I'm going to do a video every day and I'm going to show everybody how strong I get. Well, it doesn't happen like that because you don't just get strong after you get your implants out. You continually get strong, but you have to do the right thing. And I really believe I did the right thing by the way I ate. I ate chicken soup that I made by myself for two weeks. Sorry. I don't even know why I said that. That was a lie. My mother-in-law made that chicken soup. <laughs> I made my own now. Wow. Where did that come from? So um, my mother-in-law made chicken soup for me for two weeks. And then after that, I stayed on carnivore for a month and uh, the doctors couldn't even believe how, how much I, I healed. I'm just so tight and so healed. And just, I mean, I don't know. And I really believe it was if I stayed on carbs and sugar and all that stuff that's bad for you, I really think I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel as good. I and, believe that. Yeah, I, do. I really do. Yeah. Well, Melody, it's been great talking with you and thank you so much for coming on and helping with the, the awareness of this issue, the breast implant uh, illness, which is something I honestly had never heard of having a actual name. I mean, yeah. I've heard people have issues with it and have been, you know, basically poisoned, I guess you could say, but mm -hmm. I didn't know it actually had a name. So I do appreciate being made aware of that. I don't well, plan on getting implants, but <laughs> I appreciate you for wanting to have me on to help me spread awareness. And hey, y'all, while you're here, subscribe to my channel. And then I'm going to have all of Melody's information. Go follow her. I'll have everything below. So no worries. Go look her up. And if you know anybody who has issues with their implants or have had implants, this might be a good thing for you to kind of mention. So anyway, Melody, thank you so much for coming on and you have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye.